Welcome to this week's episode of EJ Sports Debates. As always, I'm Eric Weirdo along with Jordan Angie, another in-person uh, recording session. We got a little, little switch in topics, uh, just decided to do a little current event topic because of everything going on and everything that has happened in the past week in sports. Jordan? Hey guys, how's it going? Yeah, it feels good to be back down in the old 704 Hanging out with Eric up here, eating some good food, relaxing. So, yeah. So, uh, Eric, I wanted to kick this week off with probably the hottest, I guess, topic right now in sports, non-March Madness and everything related. It's just the Les Miles situation, um, you know, and just how that's played out and what are your thoughts on that and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, I guess let's just lead off with that. You kind of give us, you know, the rundown of what you think. Yeah, Les Miles, um, the – He's a great, great coach. Um, but yeah, the stemming from the LSU investigation that's been going on really the past couple of years, um, all those allegations of the university, the athletic department kind of not doing what they're not following Title IX protocols um, and all that. But yeah, Les Miles was uh, accused of texting female students, taking them to his condo alone, making them feel uncomfortable, and at least on one occasion, kissing a student and suggesting they go to a hotel after telling her he could help her career. Hmm. Um, so, yeah. Uh, the investigation did conclude that there was no sexual relationships, but they... but. It was very inappropriate behavior. Miles denied kissing the student. Um, what I found out too in this, uh, apparently the athletic people from the athletic department in the Les Miles era said he wanted all female student workers who helped get football, the football team to lure top recruits. He wanted them to be fit, attractive, and blonde. Hmm. Um, and if they didn't fit that criteria, they were either given a few hours notice of termination or terminated immediately. Sounds like a great guy. Um, so I didn't, I didn't know that just to that extent, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty fucked up what's going on in Baton Rouge. Um, there, obviously there's a stuff with Darius guys that came out, uh, just so much awful stuff going on. And, and he was hired by Kansas, you know, for football and uh, parent and said, and like every year and in the interview said, yeah, there'll be nothing that'll come up. Everything will be fine. Well, here we are two years later. Les Miles was, uh, they mutually parted ways. Mutually. <laughs> um, wink, wink, nod, nod. Yeah. So, but yeah, it uh, and then they also fired uh, their athletic director. Um, so, man, I, Eric, I just this is twenty twenty one, you know, and I'd like to think and hope that as a society we've evolved. And pardon my French, but how the hell do we keep having this discussion? Like, <laughs> I just I don't understand. Like, I'm, okay, so let me rephrase that question with some more specific questions. How is it that LSU knew about this in 2013 and fought with USA Today 
from 2013 until now to have the story released. And it wasn't just till now that the USA Today won that suit, and then immediately, 24 hours later, they released it. You know, how, how does a coach have that kind of a reputation and still have a job? And how does he think that's okay? Like, I just, it, I don't get it. Like, it's 2021. Like, Me Too has happened. Right. And I think that the Me Too movement, um, it's encouraged people to speak up no matter what. If you're gay, trans, bi, whatever. man, woman, I don't, whatever, if you've been a victim of it, and the Me Too movement gave a platform for, of courage to finally speak up. That's why we're having these discussions more and more now, um, because very few are from the major instance in these athletic departments, other sports have been recent. Yeah. Um, a lot of them have happened within the past eight, nine years. To a much lesser extent, and I know this is not an area for you, Ruth, but um, being a fan of the pro wrestling, um, there is a, a wrestler named Joey Ryan who last year, last year, so the Me Too movement happened first. And then last year over the summer, you had a bunch of wrestling Me Too things come out. And this particular wrestler was famous because one of his gimmicks is that, you know, he essentially used his genitals as a finishing move and would like suplex somebody while using his genitals. So it was always kind of a weird thing, but then it came out afterwards that he had allegation after allegation after allegation. And I just, man, I'm sorry, but like, if you're one of those people that thinks that stuff's okay, I just politely need you to go the fuck away. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I need you to disappear from life. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, it's really sickening. Um, I'm glad people are finally speaking up though. Um, this has gone on for far too long and it just, but to answer your question, it's the, it's the money. I mean, LSU was a top consistent top 10 program under less miles. Eric, are you insinuating that college football doesn't give a damn about anything other than its business? I think that's the case with a lot of I sports. Feel, I feel like we've had that discussion before, and I think that was pretty spot on. So Yeah, um, absolutely. But it does lead me – I mean, that's our thoughts on the Les Miles thing and the LSU Title IX cover-ups. But it did – but a question of mine came out of the Les Miles thing. It, it was also prompted, too, by another sports scandal, which – we didn't touch on it in our NCAA one um, because it really could be a whole episode in itself because of how big it was. And it's still kind of getting unpacked. And, and it's still very ongoing. The two, 2017-18 FBI Adidas scandal. And one school in particular, Arizona, was, was named on it on multiple occasions. And it came out within the past week that they got nine violations, including five level one violations, which are the most extreme violations um, you can do. This isn't bagels on bagels and cream cheese type stuff. This no, is this is death penalty. You could argue you could argue that, but it's bribery, academic fraud, lack of institutional control um, for Arizona. Sean Miller uh, famously got. There's a wiretap discussing 100K for DeAndre Aiden going to Arizona. And 
one of the top uh, recruiting sites and the 24-7 sports, the night Aiden was supposed to commit, 99% chance he was going to Kansas. And he flipped to Arizona. Um, and that wiretap is pretty damning. But what I'm... So, Arizona's in some trouble, but this is a... This is what I want to talk about. Kansas is still being investigated by the NCAA in this. They've been noticed. They've got the notice of investigation, notice of allegations. Bill Self has been there for a while. Uh, I think since 2003 after Roy Williams left. Yeah, since Roy. Um, But with all this going on and the Les Miles situation, it sort of it sort of ties in, in my opinion, granted apples to oranges scandals, but the bell cows. Um, I used that term in previous podcast. Kansas is not a football school. UNC is not a football school. They're basketball schools. Kansas is being investigated in this FBI Adidas scandal. Bill Self was defined to the NCAA. And the NCAA has been on him for failure to promote an atmosphere of compliance. And he still has a job. It goes back to... So does Sean Miller, technically, right? And so does Sean Miller. Te- technically, he's still employed, but yeah. he's away from the team. Even though there's so much evidence against these programs and coaches, and, well, it wasn't Bill Self and Sean Miller, with the exception of the Sean Miller wiretap, that fully did this, a lot of assistants were involved, but they're the they're the head coach. I mean, they're the ones that are going to take the fall. And I'm glad Kansas did that, but let's say the tables were turned. Bill Self's the football coach. I, and this is going on. I don't know if he gets fired. Or maybe he does because Kansas isn't a football school. Yeah, you know, he's with the, the Miller and the Kansas stuff, you know, separating the less mile stuff, obviously. We're not right. talking about the basketball stuff. Right. Um, you know, they're not the first ones to do this. You know, they're not going to be the last ones to pay for a player. You know, they're not going to be the first ones to get caught. But it just kind of goes back to my original question of how the hell does this stuff, how are you that stupid? Like, <laughs> this is 2021. Assume everybody has a camera. Right. You know, so everybody, if you say anything to anybody, even sitting in Aaron's house recording this podcast, I'm assuming people that are living next door are listening to us. Yeah, I mean, the walls are, I don't yeah. know how thin the walls are. I mean, I don't, I don't have any neighbors, just one on the outside of my kitchen, so mm-hmm. I only hear their cabinet closed. <laughs> but I, I still, I just, I don't understand how uh, Kansas, you know, I don't have anything personal against the program, but this is now a sexual harassment scandal. You know, and I, I get it that, you know, you would want to hire less miles because, yes, Kansas and Arizona are both basketball schools. But let's be honest, the real money is in football. Yeah, absolutely. You know, absolutely. And, and, you know, there's a reason why you see a team like UNC, who is absolutely a basketball school, but they're still dumping copious amounts of money out of their football program and bringing in guys like Mac Brown, you know, and trying to clean up the academic stuff they had to go through. Which they got off easy, and this is coming from a Tar Heel fan. 
Yeah, so. and that's the other thing too. I mean, with these, I mean, it's a, it's sort of like the top programs sort of get swept under the rug. I again mentioned that before, where it should it's like if they don't, they're the money makers of their sport. They're the blue bloods. They're the they're the top schools that everyone knows. The top, you know, upper they, crust. It gets the ratings. It gets the money it, for the games. That's why you see those schools on ESPN, CBS all the time because of, that's the draw. So if you punish, so if you punish them harshly, you're not going to televise as many of their games, but because the product's not going to be as good. And that's my thing with and again right. I can go back to that NCAA podcast, but I'm not going to because everyone who's listened to this and knows me knows my extreme hatred for the NCAA. Likewise. And Jordan feels the same way. Yeah, likewise. I despise those guys. But that's that's the biggest thing in college athletics that happened this past week. Um, obviously, um, we got March Madness coming up. The conference tournaments are going on. Do you, uh, you want to go ahead and skip to that, Eric? We'll just get to that preview. Yeah. Um, while we're on the topic. Yeah, and there's been some things that came out. Um, you got teams that have, have had a positive test, forfeiting games, and not being able to get your tournament if you're a bubble team and you need to win your tournament or maybe get to the semis of your tournament and a COVID test happened and you had a forfeit. Sucks. Your season's done. But... Uh, Welcome to COVID. It's the it's the era we're in right now, and uh, I'm I'll be honest with you, Eric. I have no hype going on March Madness this year. Like just putting it bluntly, like to me, you know, and I'll talk about it, you know, later on. But of all of the things that were affected by COVID and what's really kind of hurt, I think to me, college basketball specifically feels like a different sport. You know, when you watch a UNC Duke game, which regardless of those teams are both good or they're both really crappy or in between, you know, those games are so energetic. Yes. You just don't have that. And I, I through the TV screen, I feel it, you know. Yeah, it's, you can definitely feel the, the atmosphere is uh, way different, um, which we'll touch on later. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's March. Um, you got Zaga, man. I mean, they're... I'm, they're doing it right. Um, they saw the success the NBA and NHL and uh, MLB had the way they did their their playoffs. Um, they're bubbling up in uh, in Indiana, uh, which is good. Some of the Big Ten schools stepped up to host. Um, I think Indianapolis area, area schools like Butler is going to be hosting at their school, and I don't know where else. But um, good for the NCAA to, to get it figured out. Obviously, last year was so last minute they couldn't, and it was so in the beginning of everything, yeah. they had no choice. But it was uh, you can't do two years in a row without a yeah a national champion. And it's just, I'm, I think it should be fine. I know we're seeing some positive tests come out right now, but I mean, this is we got selection Sunday coming up on March 14. Um, at, so teams that have that test. I mean, that aren't. They've got a week. They got a week to be good. The NCAA rules that 
if you can field a team of five, you're good, basically. Well, um, so it comes down to contract tracing. If the NFL can make a team that would not have started without a starting quarterback, like you know, I don't think it really matters what your starting five looks like if you can get some guys out there, get out there and play some damn basketball. Right. Um, so I think that's gonna be the big thing to watch. Um, that to me, there's no dominant team this year, dude. I mean, we're talking about potentially no Duke in Kentucky. Yeah. For the first time since 1976. Yeah. Um, there are some schools that aren't going to be in it that we usually see. Duke, Kentucky, USC is probably sneaking in. Michigan State is probably sneaking in. UNC is right now projected seven seed. Um, but yeah, I mean that that can add intrigue right there if you play play some of these traditional schools that have had a down year due to everything. Could make a run. Um, I never, I'm never going to put past Tom Izzo or Roy Williams team. To yeah, surprise people. They could be 16 seeds, and I'd be like, okay, cool. Um, I mean, that's not – I mean, that's just how it is. But in my opinion, realistically, I mean, there's not – it's a – there's probably seven or eight teams that could win it, I think, three or four of which are in the Big Ten. I mean, it's crazy. The Big Ten se- season has been phenomenal Dude, and Luka, fun to watch. Luka Garza. Um, like... Garza's big. I mean, there's a lot of teams that they play similar. Uh that's what I think been the fun thing to watch is the Big Ten's been deep and both teams have benches that are deep. Um, in the Big Ten, you got strong defense and guys that can shoot. It's It's been fun to watch, but I think there's three or four Big Ten teams that could win it. Um, SEC, rare, uh, not in Kentucky, yeah. <laughs> or, or Florida Gators. Uh, say, Alabama, no, no, Alabama yeah. I'm big on this year as well. What year is it that Alabama is it? <laughs> basketball powerhouse uh, oh my god that's a gonzaga and baylor um i haven't watched too much of those to be honest but um gonzaga with jalen Suggs. i love jalen Suggs. he's a top three top four pick um baylor had a little rough stretch of a covid uh, pause uh, due to positive test in that program but they're deep too i mean it's there's seven or eight teams i think that can win it it's primarily big 10 and big 12 um but maybe you get Gonzaga's only made one title game, and I mean their track record in the tournament typically is say, not. Gonzaga always lets me down. So, um, but it's just one of those things. Uh, I'd love G- to see them. Gonzaga though might actually be a mid-major to win it. Finally. I would love to see them have an undefeated season and It'll be the first since uh, Bobby Knight, uh, yeah. Indiana, going back uh, years ago. That that would be a cool for again. And it's not like it's Kansas or right. Kentucky. It's freaking Gonzaga that would pull it off. That would be perfect. Yeah. I mean, Mark Few, Gonzaga head coach, I think has the best job in college basketball. Yeah. He's maybe a maybe maybe in all college sports. He's a good guy. Um, compare him as well to like a Pat Fitzgerald. I mean, their gigs are just perfect. Yeah, they better never leave their schools. I mean, they're just, they just have too good of a gig there. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Different different. Reasons. I mean, Pat Fitzgerald, Northwestern legend linebacker, but I mean, just I mean, their expectations aren't to win a Big Ten title. No, they just need to be one of those good teams every year. Yeah, and they're happy. Yeah, and Gonzaga bring opens up a market. Yeah. Um. So. So that's it. I mean, I don't really foresee any major. Uh, I. It's going to be – every year I t- say when I'm filling out a bracket, I'm not going to go chalk. 
Uh, it might be chalk. See, I think for me this year, I, I just because I don't know, I'm just I'm gonna I'm gonna probably go crazy this year. I don't know though. We'll see. Like I said, I'm really high on Luka Garza in Iowa. I know they have nothing besides him, but this might be the year that one guy can carry it. So yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. Um, but uh, yeah, we got that fun stuff coming up. Uh, March Madness, one of my favorite times of year. A little different, too. Um, instead of starting on a Thursday, it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. So, that's going to be good. Is that the women's schedule? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but it's going to be – I mean, teams don't have to travel as much yeah. anymore So right now. So, it's just – it's going to be fun. Uh, but, yeah, I think – and we're going to keep it in the hardwood on the NBA. Jordan? So, Yeah. Um, there's a player named Miles Leonard, plays for the Miami Heat, and he joined the several tens and millions of kids, except he's not kids, he's a grown man that's a millionaire, and he was playing, was it Xbox, I think, or something like that, playing a video game and streaming it, and, um, he used a very derogatory term describing Jewish people. Um, I won't say the word, but it starts with a K, and there's that, and it, I, I'm personally not Jewish, Eric isn't Jewish, it doesn't change the fact though that it was ridiculously stupid and insensitive, it kind of reminded me of the Kyle Larson situation from last year with NASCAR, um, so I mean, by no means do we need to cancel this guy, which is actually my, one of my biggest notes about this is, you know, did he say something incredibly insensitive? Absolutely. Is he going to be the first or the last? No. But just from judging from the comments, he said, it gives me two schools of thought, and I'll let you go, E, is um, the first thing is, number one, if you believe that's the first time he's used that word, you're insane. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people don't just use that word. That's not a common language word. No. <laughs> at, least, at least it shouldn't be. And no. if it was, which is my second point, there are people in his life or around him that have allowed him to think that word is okay to use. Yes. And, you know, it just, I think Julian Edelman said it best this week when he had a quote and basically invited Miles. You know, he didn't judge him or anything like that. And, you know, Julian Edelman is, in fact, a Jewish player. Yes. And, you know, much like he did with Deshaun Jackson, who also used an inflammatory word against Jewish people, said, you know, let's go visit a Holocaust you know, museum together and learn about the Jewish history yeah. of people. And yeah, and he invited Miles Leonard uh, to uh, to a, Jew- a traditional Jewish dinner. Yep. To really bring the heritage and look, people can. Everyone's entitled to their opinion on what they think should happen. And yeah, it's and I think one of the most interesting things is is too. I mean, his apology is bullshit i think it's more ignorance than apology it, yeah it was, it was apology out of ignorance that also was ignorant yeah because because he said he didn't know what the word meant and you don't just and i've watched it i've watched the clip many times is there was a pause before he said the word so it was him i mean how i read it is he was thinking of something to say and it might have just slipped out but still i mean that just doesn't a word like that does not just slip out. No. And know. it's just, 
and one of the things too, the reason why I don't buy it is the Los Angeles Dodgers have a Hispanic player named Kiki Hernandez. It is spelled the exact same way uh-huh. as this term. Uh-huh. But, and, and I, I hadn't heard of that, this player for a while, until a couple of years ago when I was watching a playoff game and I saw it and I'm like, and I, that's a weird spelling. <laughs> yeah. And I thought, and I read it like, wait, what? And then I heard, I can't remember who the announcer was. Might've been Joe Buck, uh, call him Kike. And I mean, okay, that makes sense. But initially, cause I'd never heard of this. I'm like, really? Like, and the fact, and then I heard the reasoning behind why he goes by that is because he knows his spelling's the same way as this term. So he goes, this is how it's pronounced. It's spelled this way, but it's pronounced this way. And the fact that other cultures have that, have that mindset of saying, okay, yeah, I know this term's derogatory, but it's pronounced this way, makes me believe that, that it was an ignorant apology. Totally. Um, and... The Miami Heat um, indefinitely suspended him. The NBA fined him 50K and suspended him from all team activities and facilities for one week. So, and that, that that's where I guess I don't want to just don't cancel this guy. You know, um, to me, when you have a moment like this, you know, because like I said, with Sean Jackson just had this last year, the year before last. You know, so this isn't the first time oh, Riley Cooper that have come out and really used this derogatory term. Right. And, you know, it's not the real big one that everybody in this country is familiar with African-American people, right. but it's equally as derogatory. And right. I think we need to take this opportunity instead of canceling this guy like we do with everybody else and just educate him and then use that to educate everybody else. So that way people understand that, you know, it's not just a word. To describe people, it's a horrible word right. that has a lot of meaning behind it, and I, that to me is the best case. Is he gets fined, suspended, whatever? Just I'm just please don't cancel this guy. Yeah, and so I, I mean, that's why I felt NASCAR. And I'm going to go to what happened in NASCAR. Um, Kyle Larson last year during an E race said the derogatory word, the big N word. Well. This past week, he won his first race in over a year. Bubba Wallace, the lone African-American NASCAR driver, went to victory lane and shook his hand. Symbolic. Kyle, Kyle Larson, by the way, who's mixed races. Yes. He's Asian and, Asian and Caucasian, yes. I think. Yes. So. But I thought that was great. Great on Bubba Wallace. It's... And Bob Wallace has talked about it too. I mean, there's the, it was a mistake. He, he's, they've talked it over before, and when the handshake was like, let's go, we're we're good. I mean, everyone knows what happened, but I mean, it, the way to, as Jordan said, the way to move on from this is don't just cancel someone. You gotta, everyone should be educated on this. I mean, this yeah. is 2021. I don't know how many times I'm gonna say, we're gonna say this. With all the stuff that's happened, but you—it's just—it's just the fact that 
people are saying the, the word still, it needs, things need to change. I don't know how, but somehow it has to change. Yeah. We need to grow from it, dude. If but, you don't grow, you repeat the same mistakes. So. Yeah. But that's, uh, yeah, that's pretty much, uh, I mean, that's, those are the huge stories going on. Um, but we also, uh, we also hit the one year mark of COVID. God. And what a year this has been. <laughs> Jordan? Yeah. I mean, to me, obviously, you know, like I mentioned earlier, no fans in the stands. I think it's just the craziest part that's made it so different. You know, some sports can get away with it, you know, but like baseball, without having that energy in the crowd when somebody hits a home run, yeah, the cardboard cutouts are kind of funny. But like, it just doesn't, sports hasn't felt like sports, you know, in a while. And kudos, first of all, kudos to the UFC, who I think have done the best job of any of the sports leagues as far as their handling of it, where, you know, Dana White bought his own island and had the most stringent COVID testing of anybody in any kind of professional sport. And they have, they've had one positive test, which did result in the fight being switched, but they caught it two and a half weeks before the fight where the player never got on a plane and boarded this island. Right. So kudos to the UFC. But, um, you know, one of the things that I think made us laugh, and I think we've talked about it, was I loved having football every day of the week this yes. past year. You know, it's not practical in any sense of the way from the NFL standpoint, but uh, it was nice having football on a Tuesday night. Yes, it was <laughs> definitely fun. Like, uh, it, it, from a fan perspective, you know, and then to me, the other thing that I kind of, I really sat back and thought and put it in perspective was how many people, you know, maybe somebody's listened to this, is affected by this, but how many event staff, and Eric, I know this hits home for you too, especially having been an event staff employee in the past. I hate to know that there are so many people that are game day and event staff that are work the concession stands and work security and work parking and stuff like that and ticket offices and they haven't had work in a year. Yeah. And, you know, I just, to me, like when I really sat back and reflect on, it, I think that's the point that hit me the most is like, it's been a year since these people haven't have been able to work. <laughs> yeah. You know? And it's wild. I'm so ready to get back to normal, but yeah, no, I'm. I'm excited that mostly every state now is is getting to that point where we can allow fans. Well, some are still pretty weird. Um, Michigan being one of them. For Pistons and Red Wings games, they can hold 750 fans in a 20,000 seat arena, but. Comerica Park holds 45,000 and they're cutting off at 1,000. You can easily put 15,000 people in that stadium. Socially distanced. Yeah. Uh, so some of those numbers don't make sense to me, but oh well. Um, but I, it's funny to me that minor league stadium that holds 10,000 people is going to be able to be at 3,000 max and a 45,000 stadium's only 1,000. And then you've got the Texas Rangers putting four people in the stands. Yeah. And then Texas is doing Texas things. Um, so we'll see what happens um, with all this. Um, but yeah, what a, what a year in, what a year in sports uh, when everything in March, March 10, everything was like, 
everything was happy-go-lucky and full fans, full attendance, and then all of a sudden... Damn Rudy Gobert, man. It just... <laughs> it just stopped. Like, it just... And that's one thing. I mean, everyone can do their own thing whenever restrictions are lifted. Um, I'm going to admit that once full restrictions are lifted, I'm going to be out. <laughs> well, I'm going to be headfirst in a concert. Because so. I... And I'm pretty introverted, but I like the option of actually doing something. <laughs> but, yeah, other people can do what they want. But, I mean, if everyone's if everyone gets, if everyone's vaccinated or whatever, you shouldn't have, and restrictions are lifted, you're good. Go have fun. Hell yeah. Um, be, be, be I'm, American. I'm, I'm ready to, I'm ready for full full capacity uh, and I'll be honest even before quote-unquote the social distancing was thing because of this I never really liked crowded bars and restaurants to begin with or sitting out, like to me like I always remember flying an airplane and I was hoping I was the person that didn't have somebody sitting next to me so like, <laughs> yes. you would think this is like the perfect opportunity for me but there's a difference between me wanting to feel that way and then me having to do it because of like this pandemic so. yes no same, same here <laughs> but yeah, I think everyone's just ready for it to be over and see live sports and getting it. I mean, I, for one, I mean, those, those three months were, it, sucked. <laughs> it was hard. It was tough for me to, yeah. as a sports fan to be just no, like no March Madness, no NASCAR no baseball baseball is just about to start and then the NBA wasn't wrapping up, you weren't going to the NBA finals it was spring football was cancelled Like yeah, just so much stuff I look forward to in the spring came to a halt and but but I think everything's good these leagues have it figured out um, protocols are in place so let's uh Let's just get on with it, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely, dude. Uh, I'm ready, but let's. Uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of shit has happened. Um, but continuing this week, uh, it was NFL franchise tag season, and there were some surprises. I feel on some that some. T- Surprising franchise tags, some releases that were surprising because COVID affected the league's revenue, which dropped the salary cap, which caused a lot of cuts that usually wouldn't happen. So I have a few on that. Um, Jordan, what do you got? So I'm going to go on a two-minute rant. So if you try to hear my voice, guys, skip ahead of the podcast two minutes. Um, so for me, the thing that hit me most this week was Cowboys fan. Dak Prescott got paid this week. And the thing that has bothered me about it, well, on top of the fact that I think he was grossly overpaid and his performance and value and stuff like that, that's not where I'm going to go on a rant. But what has fundamentally bothered me has been the number of people that have called for Dak to want to take less money. That bothers me. Does anybody listen to this podcast right now? If your boss walks into your office and offers you a significant pay increase, you're not going to say, well, no, nah, I'm good. Go ahead and keep it. Use it to build up a better office. You know, maybe we can boost our sales team and make the company better. Um, you know, and for Dak, you know, 
the NFL stands for not for long. And Dak Prescott found out last year when he had his leg and one of the most gruesome leg injuries I've ever seen, the side of Joe Theismann. <laughs> and, and Alex Smith. Yeah. And Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. Though, and, thankfully, we never saw that Bridgewater one. And the kid from Louisville. Um, Kevin Ware. Kevin Ware. Yeah. But, uh, you know, so Dak got paid. And, you know, do I think it's a smart contract considering his performance? No. But at the end of the day, you know, Dallas offered him that money. And for anybody to go at him for that, you're insane. Because this could be his one and only contract. You know, as far as we know, he, he may never play again. His leg may not ever be right. and This could be his one contract. And you know what? The Cowboys could cut his ass tomorrow. And you know how much of that guaranteed money they'd have to pay him? All the guaranteed money, I think. $126 million. But the rest of the other, like, 40 million, they wouldn't have to. Right. And if you're looking at Dak Prescott, it's not just Dak Prescott. So if you're mad about the contract, be mad at the Cowboys. Be mad at the NFL for not fully guaranteeing these contracts. Um, be mad at the fact that should one person occupy 20 to 30% of a salary cap on a down year? Hell no. There's a reason why you're seeing all of these players that have all these absorbent contracts agreeing to a restructure. And Dak actually did that. You know, he's only counting 22 million towards the cap this year. Right. Um, and they're going to backload it. They're probably going to restructure it again down the line. But yeah, man, just don't, don't go in Dak. I don't blame him at all. Take your money. Make your bread. Go ahead. You know, but Dallas, man, I sure hope they have a plan because we still have a lot of holes on the defense. Yeah. Sorry, that's my rant. I'm done. Two minutes. <laughs> Eric, tagging you in. Go ahead. No, I mean, I, I mean, for Dak, great. I mean, the second he signs that, the second he signed that deal, he was $126 million richer, Hell which yeah. is always a good feeling. But, yeah, I mean, I 100% agree with that. And as Jordan says, the, the restructuring, but I mean, no, the reason why New England was good for as long as they were was Brady's QB money was always, I mean, against the cap, was always bottom 15 of quarterbacks. And it was significantly backloaded and incentivized. And he's doing the same thing in Tampa. He just signed a deal right now. Four-year deal. Four-year deal, but it's only good through 2022. So he's playing 21 and 22 and can retire or Tampa can go on no problem. But he's doing this, Brady's doing this because he wants to win. And this move cleared up $19 million in cap space, which – should be enough to sign Shaq Barrett. I, I, they, they better use that money. Now that they got one. Yes. That $19 million better go towards bringing my boy Shaq Barrett back. Yes. And so do I, do I, and I will never, I'll never fault any professional athlete, no matter the sport, no matter if I think they're overpaid, to taking the money. Because A, it's what the market dictates. And if you're a QB in the NFL, your life's good. Yeah. Um, but if you're, but again, it's not fully guaranteed. So you're negotiating all that guaranteed money. Uh, and then whatever it's against the cap, the team figures out. But the surprise, some of the surprising things, I mean, my favorites were 
Chris Godwin, great. They had to resign him. Great compliment to Mike Evans. Uh, Brandon Sheriff, the best guard in the league um, in Washington. Don't know who he's going to protect because they don't have a quarterback anymore. I keep hearing Mitch Trubisky possibly. And the hopes of Washington being a playoff team go down the tubes with that. Um, but maybe a change, maybe a change of scenery for Trubisky would work. He's still young enough; you may yeah. be able to fix him. Yes, a um, lot yeah. of lot of issues there. But um, the other one too, one of the more underrated safeties in the league. I know we we mentioned all these players in our free agent draft. Justin Simmons in Denver. Glad they tagged him. Um, he's getting some, some good money, but I really want to see him on a winning team. Um, he deserves better with his uh, with his ability. Little surprise. Some surprising ones were uh, <laughs> the Lions not tagging Kenny Galladay. I have that as my number one. I. I mean, it's a full rebuild. I mean, I kind of figured there would be, but I thought they would tag Galladay at least because he was hurt or quote unquote hurt. Still don't know if he was faking it. I'm trying to preserve his body, but... And they also didn't sign uh, Romeo Ricard, who led the team with 10.5 sacks. So or so we don't pressure the quarterback, and we let our best defensive end go. Oh, you have a new QB that's never played in the system, and now he has no one to throw to. Yeah. Um, so... It's a full-on rebuild mode in the, for Detroit. Um, it's just I'm accepting more suffering again, which has been my whole life as a Lions fan with the exception of a few years, but a few years in the 90s and a few years in the 2010 window. But, yeah, um, those were surprising. But I think the biggest surprise was what Kansas City did. Yeah, that was my number name. You, you must have worked right off my <laughs> Because that was my number two. What the hell? I mean, both the uh, both tackles, right and left, gone. Now, mind you, they were both hurt. They Sunday, were both hurt, and they both had huge cap numbers. Yes, and the and the casualty two comes off. They're going Kansas City is going to start paying Mahomes that massive deal soon, and but I think he's in some trouble, Mahomes. Eric, Eric do you remember the significance of the number four hundred ninety seven? That was the number of yards he ran from behind the line of scrimmage running for his life in the Super Bowl. Yep. And I remember when we talked about that, I specifically pointed to the fact that Eric Fisher going down and Deirdre Schwartz yes. were two of the big reasons why. And, man, I sure hope they have a plan. They must really love their boy Lucas Niang they took last year. He's well, good. I mean, he did pretty good. I, I mean, I, I, keep, I keep hearing, too, that they're maybe going to go after Trent Williams. Um, only one team can get Trent Williams. So between the Niners resigning him, Indianapolis, who has a lot more cap money than yeah. Kansas City, um, you know, uh, and then what shocked me too, just to piggyback off the offensive line, Jacksonville tight Cam Robinson. You got to protect Trevor Lawrence. But with, with a below average left tackle, and then you've got Carolina on the other side that tagged Taylor Moten, who. At thirteen million dollars, was going to make like seventeen to eighteen as a on the free agent. Yeah, I thought they were going to. I thought they were going to use it for on Curtis Samuel, but. Good. Oh, well, I mean. Yeah, that tackling situation with Kansas City boy. Yeah, that's the that was the biggest one. I mean, I was I had being a Lions fan, not tagging Romero Carre or Kenny Galladay, 
until that happened, when granted they're getting up there in quote unquote age, they're and they're coming off injuries and huge cap numbers. But when when Mitchell Schwartz was out most of the year, so that is more understandable. Eric Fisher tore his Achilles in the AFC title game, and glad Kansas had that lead that they did because the second he went down that line became a sieve it parted like the red sea and buffalo suddenly looked good and in the super bowl tampa was in that backfield more than patrick mahomes was yeah um again that 497 rushing yards from behind the line of scrimmage you're you're not gonna you're not going to live as a quarterback if, if you keep doing that. I'm glad Pat Mahomes got his money before this. Let's yes. Put it that way. Because I think he's a couple of seasons away with this offensive line from becoming David Carr real quick. Yeah. And uh, he's, I mean, so it's gonna, Kansas City's going to be an interesting team to watch um, with all that. Um, like you said, I uh, think they are pretty high on uh, on Lucas at left tackle, strapped they, in the third round. They better be. Um, but yeah, they they need to address that offensive line. Just a little, um, but that's it's uh, pretty much all I have that happened this uh, this week in in sports. A uh, lot lot going on, lot to look forward to, and uh, yeah, man, a lot of lot of shit went down that was serious, and a lot of stuff that is fun coming up. And then coming up this week, you've got I think free agency starts officially. NFL calendar year starts this week. Got March Madness starting this week, yep. so next week's podcast should be just as fun as this week's. So. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for listening to EJ Sports Debates. As always, I'm Eric Weirdo with Jordan Angie, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Bye, guys.